trackside at Edmonds, Washington. It's the Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading. I'm G4. And I'm Nathan Smith. I'm the expert. I'm the beginner. Before we get into anything, let's make some distinctions at the beginning. Model railroading is different from other forms of the hobby. Model trains are toy-like model railroads that do not attempt realism, like Christmas tree or floor layouts or Thomas trains. <laughs> model train collecting is largely collecting historic or unique model trains and refurbishing them. Model building is merely an act of creating dioramas in scale. However, in model railroading we recreate real or fictional railroads in scale, and most importantly, operate trains like the real thing. Model railroading is thus unique from other forms of modeling or train enthusiasm. It is the most popular and most labor-intensive form of modeling hobbies. As such, in this podcast, we will primarily be covering model railroading. Now, I shall get into a little bit of the history of model railroading. Uh, part of this, about half of it, is uh, my own independent research uh, of toy trains. And then the other half actually comes from a very fascinating article that I found in, I think, uh, the July 1963 issue of Model Railroader. Uh, so it kind of covers the whole story beginning to end, toy trains to now. Toy trains themselves had been around uh, as early as the 1880s, but they were usually very small affairs, either trackless with bent wheels to run in a circle, or a simple circle of track and nothing more. Nearly all of them were operated by wind-up clockwork mechanisms, uh, or by pouring hot water down the spout uh, with a rudimentary piston system. However, in 1901, Joshua Lionel Cowan, a New York-based Navy-contracted electrician, created the first mainstream toy train by using his specially patented electric motors, effectively founding the hobby of model railroading as we know it today. Every model railroader knows of his name and efforts. Cowan founded Lionel Electric Trains and created a small elevated train set as a moving window display for New York toy stores to draw people's attention as they were walking by on the sidewalks. Not long afterwards, it was comically reported that toy stores started to sell more window displays than toys, and Cowan decided to change his market demographic. By 1906, his original lineup of a single box cab locomotive and two cars had been expanded to two steam locomotives, two trolley cars, and a small fleet of freight cars. Between 1910 and 1919, Lionel's sales increased tenfold, and all of the other main toy train manufacturers were founded, including American Flyer, Ives, Marklin, and many others. Thenceforth was the toy train created. But what about model railroading? Heads up, we got a sounder coming. It should be worth mentioning we are only so many feet from the BNSF main line. We have a, the third sounder commuter train coming in right now. For those interested, uh, Sound Transit runs two major commuter routes, one south out of Seattle and this one north out of Seattle. Here we go. Most 
most regard year one of model railroading to be 1933, with the Century of Progress World's Fair in Chicago. At the fair, three major American railroads had large, completely custom-made model railroad exhibits, each featuring what was called one of the first three real model railroads, captivating audiences. Upon returning home, Americans who visited the fair decided to buy toy train sets from local toy stores. However, unlike previous generations, people started to take the trains off the floor and put them for the first time on dedicated tables and added structures and scenery like what they had seen at the Century Progress World's Fair. One year later, in 1934, Al C. Kambach founded Model Railroader magazine, which is still around today, as a forum for these newfound model railroaders to discuss the hobby. In the first few decades, MR Mag served much the purpose of a modern internet forum, allowing people to debate topics and decide the direction the hobby should move in. Some of the most noteworthy discussions established the standard scales of modeling, which we will cover in a future episode, and the design and construction practices for a track switch. In fact, uh, if, you th if you go into a hobby shop, pretty much every single turnout that you see today uh, follows the standards that they set down in 1936. Hmm. Anyway, in 1935, two years after the Century of Progress World's Fair, enterprising Midwesterners founded the National Model Railroad Association, or the NMRA, which is still around today. Its primary purposes were threefold. First, to unite the hobby of model railroading under one organization and connect modelers, clubs, and shows together. Second, to conduct outreach programs and introduce new people to the hobby. And third, but most importantly, to publish standards for manufacture so that all model railroad products in the same scale could be interchangeable with each other. The last one is the most important, because previously to the NMRA, you could only ever use products from whichever single manufacturer supplied you, dramatically limiting your selection. Instead of a no-scale layout or an S-scale layout, uh, in which people had uh, things from multiple different manufacturers and all in the same scale, you would have a manufacturer-based layout, like an American Flyer layout or a Lionel layout, which meant that a lot of model railroads were more limited in scope and they all kind of looked a lot similar to each other. Thenceforth, the hobby of model railroading as we know it today was founded. For photographs of model trains throughout the ages, and additional reading on the history of toy trains, I highly recommend going to www.tcawestern.org slash lionel.htm. Uh, for those interested, I will post the link in the show notes and on iTunes, uh, and that website shows a lot of beautifully preserved examples of uh, early toy trains and uh, the early hobby of model railroading. I used uh, some information there for my research uh, into this episode. Now we will go into the purpose of model railroading and what makes it different from other hobbies. It doesn't only involve modeling buildings. There are many other aspects to it. In addition to the structures and scenery of other modeling hobbies, it also involves bench work, wiring and electronics, computer programming, research, and most importantly, motion. Ever since the beginning, modelers realized that as elaborate as your layout might be, running trains in circles is short-lived entertainment and ultimately dissatisfying. However, a well-modeled pike, slang for model railroad, with yards, engine facilities, towns, and industries is already the solution, which leads us to what sets model railroading apart from every other hobby, operations. We believe that it is important to mention and describe operations now in detail because it is often the one thing that most beginners miss about the hobby. 
because it requires specific and realistic track arrangements, it is best to introduce the topic now before you can do anything that cannot be changed later. The purpose of building a model railroad is to someday operate it. By operations, we mean operating your model railroad as if it were a real railroad. While operations are different on every pike, they usually involve some of the following features. Dropping off and picking up freight cars from industry spurs, pretending that they are loaded with cargo and delivering them to a destination. Scheduled trains going from place to place to drop off and pick up freight cars, passengers, or rarely both. Yards for sorting of cars between scheduled trains to get freight cars to their final destinations. Engine facilities to park, refuel, and maintain the locomotives, cabooses, and other non-revenue cars. What do you know? It's a high rail, but this time it's a truck. Never seen this thing before. Small world, ain't it? That thing's a crane. That thing's a crane truck on rails, and I got a picture of it, too. Oh, cool. Hey, maybe we can post it to the, uh, uh, the podcast feed. So where was I again? Staging yards, which much like the wings of a theatrical stage, are hidden tracks used to represent how model trains travel beyond the basement to parts of the railroad you have not modeled. Inviting over friends to play the part of engineers, conductors, and other railroad personnel, allowing for multiple trains moving at any given time, prototypical paperwork to help facilitate the moving of cars from place to place, some pikes, which try to recreate more realistic or complicated operations, use a fast clock and a dispatcher who coordinates train movements according to a schedule. Smaller model railroads generally don't need a dispatcher. Usually, every model railroad is set at a specific time and place, whether or not the railroad that models is real, to facilitate realistic operations. Nearly all model railroaders eventually turn to operating their model railroad even if they didn't originally intend it. Operations can be anywhere from simple laid-back mother may I type to strict timetable and train order ops, so there is usually something for everybody. While all other aspects of the hobby are important and enjoyable, operations are usually considered to be the end goal. Now, I'm going to go through a general progression of what's involved in building a model railroad, which has been infamously dubbed G4's Model Trains in a Nutshell Speech. There's a little bit of a story behind that. that when I first met my girlfriend uh, and when I was getting back into model railroading after a while, I uh, decided to give her model railroading in a nutshell, but I accidentally got carried away and may or may not have been talking to her for uh, one and one half hours non-stop on the subject, and she ne- she has never let me forget this, but here's my model of trains in a nutshell speech. <laughs> it should be noted that these phases of construction usually overlap when you're actually building the layout, but for here, for simplicity, I'm just breaking it apart into distinct phases that each area goes through to help uh, uh, to help you guys understand what's involved in model railroad construction. 
First, you go through research and planning of both a railroad and models. Uh, so for a railroad, you should start by researching real railroads, either to decide on a prototype to model or to understand how real railroads work so that you can successfully recreate a believable freelanced railroad. Even if you don't want to model a specific prototype, an integral understanding of how railroads are built and operated will help you make a more realistic layout. Many people choose to proto-freelance, which is a cross between freelancing and prototype modeling. Proto-freelancing is where you take actual elements of a real railroad or multiple railroads, and you use them to create a model railroad that could have existed plausibly. This could take many forms, from simply copying a real railroad's yard track plan onto your otherwise freelanced pike, or building a pike based off a railroad that was planned but never built. Also, you want to research some various models. It's a very good idea to get some issues of great model railroads, or subscribe to Model Railroader or Model Railroad Hobbyist magazine, and to visit some local pikes or model railroad clubs and train shows. This shows you what people are doing, and more importantly, it will allow you to identify what you like in a good model railroad, and what makes the modeling look good. This will allow you to tailor your own efforts later to make your own model railroad something more that you like and enjoy. Then finally, you need to research your layout space. If you are going to build anything other than an isolated island layout, you must make a very detailed blueprint of your layout room accurate to the half inch, including the height of things off the floor. I will now go into track plans. A track plan is essentially the blueprint of your track as it goes around the layout, and usually includes explanations of features, important structures or scenery elements, and descriptions of what each area is supposed to be. Designing the track plan is the most important step in building a successful model railroad. In short, it is like the disciples writing the New Testament, the prophets writing the Torah, Muhammad writing the Quran, or NASA scientists writing flight rules. I had to fit atheists in there somehow. While it can be changed later to better suit your situation or interests, it is the single document from which all future work on your model railroad flows. Get your track plan right, and you are almost assured to have a great model railroad. Next, we move on to the stage where you get your track plan reviewed by others. This is generally not considered a step in building a model railroad, but it is always a good idea to get your plans reviewed by others, so I'm including it in here. What you should do is you should visit a train club or join an online forum, and then ask around for people whom are willing to go over your track plan, ask questions, make suggestions, give ideas, etc. Now I will get into bench work. Bench work is the foundation of your model railroad. It's usually composed of an interlocking grid network supported by legs and involving shelves, wiring conduits, lighting valences, and other ephemera to support the operation of the railroad. The next part is subroadbed. Integrally connected to the benchwork, subroadbed is what you actually put the track on top of. Normally, it is no more than the track width to allow for reduced material costs and unrestricted scenery formations. However, on beginner pikes, it is usually just a flat sheet of plywood that covers the top of the benchwork. Both benchwork and subroadbed are planned down to the inch using the track plan previously developed. This is largely the reason why the track plans are so important. Now, I will talk about wiring. Wiring involves two electrical buses under the subroad bed to eventually connect to and power the track. They feed back to a DCC system, which itself connects to throttles, through which trains can be controlled. Additional electrical features such as powered turnouts, 
Layout animations or lighting devices are also prepared in this stage. Now comes track laying. Laying track is usually done with two main components, the roadbed, which directly supports the track, and the track itself. The roadbed is usually simple strip cork, sometimes cut to size, and the track is usually a combination of switches and flex track. Flex track, miracle that it is, is flexible lengths of track that can be cut to size, allowing you to make whatever track arrangements you want. Track and roadbed are glued down, and then the track is covered in ballast to make it look realistic. The sectional track with plastic molded ballast, most commonly found in train sets, is almost never used on Finnish model railroads because it is so inflexible and unrealistic, though sectional track without the roadbed is sometimes used. I will now talk about structures. Structures are assembled by the modeler in traditional modeling hobby fashion to make the layout look realistic. Structures usually fall into one of four categories. Simple unassembled kits usually made from plastic or occasional wood craftsman kits, which can sometimes have parts made in elaborate materials like wood, brass, hydrocal, resin, and others. Craftsman kits are often very difficult to assemble but produce beautiful results. Kit bash structures, which are normal kits modified by the modeler to make a structure different from the kit's intended assembly. This could be anything from adding a simple awning or extra window to giving the building an entirely different footprint. Scratch-built structures, which are made from raw materials by the individuals. I will now also talk about the scenery. Scenery is also closely related to traditional modeling hobbies. Simply, you create realistic landforms, make trees and rocks, or in a desert case, cacti, apply ground cover and detail scenes to look like the real world. And finally, as we previously mentioned, operating your model railroad is the act of moving freight and passengers across the railroad via yards, junctions, spurs, and the like in the same way a real railroad would. This is usually considered to be the last phase of model railroading or building a layout. And now... And now we have the final sounder coming. Now that you have a general overview of what model railroading involves, we encourage you to go to a local model railroad club and to get to know the hobby and its components in more detail. In future episodes, we will cover the topics in greater detail and... Oh, it's number 902. I remember that one. In future episodes, we will cover each topic in more and greater detail. This was merely an overview. If you have a question or comment, or if you would like us to cover a particular subject on the show, please email us at bgtmring at gmail.com. Visit Nathan at Railfan0227 on Facebook, and look for us to soon have our own Facebook community. If you like the show, please give us a good review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast feed. If you did not like us, do not say anything and contemplate the thought crime that you have committed. And finally, our modeling inspiration music this week is To Glory from Two Steps From Hell, one of my all-time favorite musical groups. Thank you very much for listening. And happy rails.